Thank you for joining our podcast. Today's message is from our new series, Table Manners. Now prepare your heart for a word from God. Good morning, City Lights. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing good? Listen, the Word of God says you got to be you got to be ready in and out of season. So regardless if the TV shut down and we have any notes or anything like that, you have to have the Word in your heart. So I'm thankful that I have that this morning. And uh, just thankful, you know, hey, we're going to make the best of it. We're going to live on the solution side of things. But I'm very excited just to share with you this morning what God has laid on my heart. I've been preparing for this. Um, so if you would, I'm just going to pray for us really quick, and we're going to get right into it. Very excited to share this Word. So God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your kindness and your goodness. God, you are a redeeming God. Lord, I'm thankful that we can come to you exactly as we are. We can lay down everything that we have at your feet, everything that we don't have. Whatever we lack, whatever we think we might have, God, we can give it to you. and You are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything we can ask or think. Jesus, we stand on the foundation that you are today. You are number one. You are the key core value. You are in all things, and without you, we can do nothing. So God, I pray that you would challenge us all today. I pray that you would speak in and through me to your people. God, whether they be in this room or whether they be watching online, Christ, you be glorified today. You be lifted up because you are worthy of it all. Thank you, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You all can be seated. Thank you so much. Well, listen, I am so excited to share with you this morning. Um, I want to briefly recap uh, Pastor's first message in a Table Manners series. And uh, it was just a really, really challenging word and, and really practical. Uh, Pastor spoke about the messy table last week, right, and that oftentimes we bring our mess to the table and um, he, he sort of sort of drew a picture of that with, with Jude and his kids and how anytime they go anywhere, whether it's at home or they're out somewhere, <clears throat> that there's going to be a lot of mess at the table. There's going to be spilled drinks and all sorts of things. And oftentimes with, with the Lord, it's, it's, it's similar, right? We bring a lot of our, our mess, our hurts, our um, hang-ups, and we bring those to the table. But God is faithful to meet us right where we are. And we say that at City Lights and we mean it, that we will meet you exactly where you are. And so uh, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life, um, you can come to the table. Christ invites you to come sit at the table. So I'm so thankful for that. But today we are going into the second installment of uh, Table Manners. And I want to share with you a thought uh, that God has just sort of been stirring in my heart um, the last week or so. And uh, it's this concept of there's plenty at the table. There's plenty at the table. I'm very excited about it. you know, and again, just to welcome those who are watching online, would love for you to comment and let us know where you're watching from and, and where you're hanging out today. Uh, many people on spring break, but uh, we always say this, you know, it's so much bigger than what you see in this room. There's so many more people watching. There's so many more people being affected by this ministry than what you see in this room. So we're thankful for that. But yeah, I want to share about a, uh, the idea, the concept of there's plenty at the table. And when I began to think about this, I know that, have you ever been to let's say maybe a dinner, a lot of times it's uh, maybe grandma and grandpa's or something like that, or maybe mom and dad's, but um, there's just so much food at the table. Like someone my age, when I don't, you know, you look in my refrigerator, there's not a ton of food right now. As a matter of fact, if anybody wants to help me out with groceries afterwards, that'd be awesome. But, 
But no, you know what I mean. Like you go to your parents or grandmothers and everything's on the table. As a matter of fact, you're probably getting sent home with Tupperware, you know, just full of food and they're making you take stuff and giving you rolls of paper towels and dish soap and stuff as you leave. And, you know, there's always plenty, right? But then there's also that dinner that you've been at. And a lot of times this is sort of that, uh, it's sort of that awkward dinner where maybe you're brand new to the table. You don't know a lot of people around and maybe it's like appetizer, you know, time and a little bit of food comes out and like there's that last piece sitting there and like you be all nice because it's like, you know, I don't, do you want that? No, no, but really you want that, right? It's like, yeah, I want that Hawaiian roll. I would love to have that, but I'm just going to kind of hold off and until uh, everyone just kind of seems like they're not going to eat it and I'm going to grab it really quick. But um, I want to I teach us, you know, about the principle uh, that there's plenty at the table, especially when we're talking about God and his kingdom. I'm speaking to those that are in Christ today, that there's plenty at the table. So I have prepared. I'm excited. I really believe this is going to be powerful. But I'm actually going to read the scripture from my phone. So if you're following along, you can go to Mark chapter 6. And I'm going to start in verse 30. So if you're taking notes like any good Christian should, then... Uh, it's a joke. Y'all lighten up this morning. I know the TVs aren't working and everything. You guys are wondering what's going on. Lighten up. But listen, I'm going to start in Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Um, and I just believe that this is a powerful story. And listen, many of you are going to know this story, but there are principles. There are several things within this story that are, are key. And I think there's a lot of things that we can be taught through it. Very practical. Very, very practical. But our God is a provider. And I think we're going to see that in scripture today. Verse 30 says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. I want to set this up for context. So at this time, as a matter of fact, if you backtrack a little bit in in the same chapter, Mark chapter 6, John the Baptist has just been beheaded uh, under the, the leadership and authority of King Herod. And basically, if you read the text and you read into this and study it, it was literally only because he was trying to correct something in his life. They didn't play around back then. Right, So immediate repercussions for that, and John the Baptist was beheaded. And a lot of this, you know, Christ had been pouring into his disciples, teaching them, and basically at this point sending them out by twos to go and teach, to go and do ministry. So imagine, right, you are uh, brand new to following Jesus, right? And there's this big outreach that you've went out to, and now you're coming back to share with everybody what's going on. Like This is what happened. So this is what they would have been doing. They wanted to tell Jesus basically you know, about what they had experienced. So that's pretty much the context of where we are. And you will see, I just want to mention this, you will see a, um, an account of what we're about to read in every single gospel, every single gospel. And if you read it, each gospel seems to be a little bit different. But I've heard pastors say this. I've heard him say it enough times where I think I can get to the point where I almost can say that. I've always said, I've always said this, but almost there. But, uh, he said basically that it's like it's like watching a you know a Tennessee football game from Neyland Stadium, right? It's uh, which has not been a lot to watch the past few years, sadly. But we love our balls, amen. At least get an amen for that, right? You guys can't perk up for the word of God, but you'll perk up for the balls in here. No, but it's like watching you know if you've ever been at the a Tennessee game and you're watching from you know the nosebleeds, the game looks a little bit different, right, than it does from the 50 yard line second row. For those of you who have big money in here, right? So, you know, it, the game just looks differently. It's the same game. You're watching the exact same game, but it's going to look a little bit differently. So you might get, um, there's going to be obvious similarities, but there are going to be some differences from gospel to gospel. 
But the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. There's always a rest for the people of God. Always is. For many people were coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. If you didn't know this, they were busy. Jesus was busy during his earthly ministry. As a matter of fact, at one point in the gospel, he said, I don't even have a place to lay my head. The son of man has not even a place to lay my head and sleep. Jesus was always moving, always reaching people. Verse 32 says, so they went away in the boats by themselves to a remote place. But listen to this, verse 33, but many saw them leaving and recognized them. People ran there by land from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. Listen, if God is moving, if God is doing something, people should be running after it. Amen? People should be following that. I believe that God is doing something every week in and through this place. As a matter of fact, I'm looking out right now and I'm seeing new faces. And why is that? Because God is moving and you want to be a part of that. God is faithful. He is always doing a new thing. And people should be running after that. They should be following that. Verse 34 says, So as he stepped ashore, he saw a huge crowd and had compassion on them. Listen, Christ will always have compassion on his son and on his daughter, no matter where you are. He will meet you exactly where you are, and he will have compassion on you. He always has time for compassion. We are talking about the one who gave his life so that you and I could know the Father. That is compassion. And he is compassionate then, and he will be compassionate now and forever. Because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So as he stepped ashore, I'm still in verse 34 if you're following along. He saw a huge crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. Now listen, that this is kind of where the plot thickens. All right, This is where scripture gets a little bit deeper. When it was already late, so imagine this. So we're talking about, you know, Jesus has been teaching for many, many hours is pretty much the consensus of this. He's been teaching and teaching. When it was already late, his disciples approached him and said, this place is a wilderness and it's already late. Send them away so they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. Basically, there's a lot of people here and we don't have enough food, so they're going to have to go somewhere, right? You don't have to go home, but you got to get out of here type thing. Listen to what Jesus said to them. And this is, this is huge right here. Jesus says in verse 37, you give them something to eat. He responded. Now think about this. You're coming up to the King of Kings. You're coming up to the Messiah. You've seen Jesus heal people. You've seen Jesus move in mighty ways. And you're coming up to him. And he says, you give them something to eat. Now I think what's going to be incredible about this is the fact that when we talk about what and how many, where they were and how many people were actually there, just how incredible that is, that remark. And it, brought me, it sort of brought me to a thought that Jesus will, and God will challenge us in his pursuit to change us. See, God does not want you complacent. God does not want you comfortable. God always wants you moving forward. He always wants to draw you deeper into himself. So listen, if you're complacent, if you're comfortable, God's wanting to move you, I promise. He's wanting to take you deeper with him, always. God will challenge us in his pursuit to change us. So after Jesus asked this question, 
they said to him, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? So denarii is how I should have pronounced it. That is, think about this, $200 or 200 denarii would have been literally eight months of wage for one person back then, eight months. So a general, a typical working person would have earned one denarii a day. So 200 denarii, and it says that other, other accounts of the gospel say that we could just, with that money, we could basically just give them a little something to eat. They wouldn't even have had enough. He asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. I'm in verse 38. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Now listen, I had a, I'm so bummed that the, man, tell you what, I had a picture of the, Five lo- the five loaves and two fish. I was going to show it to you. As a matter of fact, I don't. You won't believe this. It was hard to track down, but I actually got a picture of the original fish and loaves. Good, you were supposed to laugh there on cue. So imagine right now, there's a picture of five loaves on the TV and two fish. I spent all week tracking it down with the help of the Holy Spirit. Five loaves and two fish. Okay. Now here's what's incredible. You go on to the next verse. Actually, see, I was, I was going to jump around, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. We're just gonna, Hey, let's cut loose and have fun this morning, all right? I'm doing it. At the very end of this portion of text, it tells us how many people were at this, basically at this, this time of teaching and how many people Christ had been sitting with the entire time. Verse 44 says, Now those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. You have to understand, back in those times... They would have only counted the men. So it's, it's a pretty common consensus that there might have been fifteen to 20,000 people there, possibly. So, walk with me again. Another visual, visualization that I had was Thompson Bowling Arena. Okay, you've seen that go balls. Even though yesterday was a tough day if you're a basketball fan. Right? Mm, mm-mm. Anyways, Thompson Bowling Arena has about 21,000, 22,000 capacities. You're talking about that many people. Now, can you imagine trying to feed that many people? Honestly. Now, imagine this. Imagine you have five loaves and two fish, and that's all you have. That's all you have. Well, listen, when it comes to God, when it comes to your walk with Christ, you don't have to have it all. You don't have to have it all together. You can bring what you have to Him no matter what it is. Oftentimes, what, what's, what happens is we fail in life. We, we feel like we don't measure up. So we try to sort of regroup and make our, a better version of ourselves so we can present it back to God as if somehow or another that's going to be acceptable. Let me tell you this. The only thing in the sight of God that is acceptable is Christ Jesus. And our justification comes through Him. Not that we shouldn't do good things, right? Out of our faith comes good works. But it's through Him. It's in Christ alone. Through faith alone. So imagine you just saw Thompson Bowling Arena. You were there. You were at a concert. It was awesome. There were that many people there. So they just told him when they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Then he instructed them all to have people sit down in groups on the green grass. I love that. The Bible says basically they were worried about the comfort there in the green grass. It was very luscious where they were. He had them sit down in the grass. So they sat the people down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time 
trying to get 10 people to do something. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of a time like we had just done something in here and we we're trying to get the seats back together. It was a nightmare. I was sweating, similar to probably how I am right now. That's just a little Holy, Holy Ghost gleam on my forehead if, if you're seeing it. But I, I mean, it was just like was literally 10 to 15 people, but it was a nightmare trying to get those seats back together. If you were in here that day, I love you. It's okay. I'm just saying I was stressed out about it because every detail matters at City Lights. But um, imagine trying to get that many people to sit down, right? Imagine you have 12 disciples that are going out trying to talk to people. And when God moves in your life, when God does something, when he changes your heart, he also gives you authority. The Holy Spirit that lives within you will give you authority. You can walk out of these doors today knowing this. God is in you. God lives within you. And you are more than able to conquer, to do things that you never thought you could do. We're still on this idea that there's plenty at the table, right? And that there's no lack in our God. You know, but I mean, can we be honest and, and realistic? Like, what would you have been thinking in that moment? This is always such an intriguing thought to me, right? Like, they bring back a report of, I mean, we've got five loaves of bread and two fish. And when we think loaves, like back then, that actually would have been just small, circular pieces of bread. Not entire. It's not, you know, I'm trying to think of some really awesome bread that I like a lot. Natural, I don't know. Uh, Wonder bread. It's not, <laughs> I don't really even like Wonder bread, but I mean, yeah. So it's not a big loaf of Wonder bread that they've got. It's, it's a tiny little bit. But I often think about this because, and, I, and I've heard people, and I don't know, maybe this is somebody, I don't, I don't know necessarily why I'm sharing this. Because I'm just looking out and seeing these faces and, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I've heard, and I've heard people say this to me before. Because think about this, guys. And this is true. At one point in my life, I, I was thinking something like this. You know, but I need to see, <clears throat> I want to see a miracle of God or I want to see God move in my life in such a powerful way that there would be no way that I could you know, basically deny that that is God moving in my life. Well, since then, obviously, that was a pre-Jesus thought, right? Because I was a mess. You're looking at a straight mess. It's an honor and a privilege that God would even allow me the chance to get up here and sit before you guys and speak. An honor and a privilege. I'm so thankful for it. But, but think about this. I've heard people say, and I used to think, like, if I could just see God move, or if I saw, you know, just a miracle, or like a, a parting of the Red Sea type stuff, that would strengthen my faith. Listen, and I've shared this before. I've shared this thought. But we're talking about the same disciples that walked with Jesus and saw him do things. Right? We're talking about Peter who, who saw him move in mighty, mighty ways and basically sat there in the garden. I'll never leave you, God. I'll never forsake you. Was the same one, the same, exact same one that denied him to his face. It's not always about seeing exactly. See, the, the thing is, God knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what's going to meet you where you are. He knows exactly what's going to meet me where I am. He knows. I've learned a lesson today. I promise you this. I will memorize every bit of Scripture from here on out. I promise you that. <laughs> oh, Who's having fun today? Anybody having fun today? You guys are some troopers, and I love you guys. So, we are in verse 40. 
I don't mind the silence sometimes. What was it? It was Jackie Daler, our, our city groups director, that said, you got to learn to sit through the silence. And then my pastor taught me an amazing principle that God will use tension to get your attention. And that's an incredible, incredible teaching point. But So let me go back to 39. Then he instructed them to instructed them to have all the people sit down in the groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish. This is verse 41, Mark 6, 41. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves. He kept giving them to his disciples to set before the people. Listen, I don't miss this right here, okay? The miracle happened when Jesus broke the, broke the bread and blessed it. But who did he give it to? He gave it to his disciples to walk and hand to the people. And I want to say this today. Listen, sometimes we have a volunteer service, right? Right before the, the, our main service. Which, if you're not aware of this, this is our last Sunday with one service. We're very excited about that. Next Sunday, we move to two services, and it'll be that way until the rapture. Okay? So we're excited about that. Who are you bringing to the table next week, by the way? But... We're, we're excited about that, and it's an amazing thing, but we have a volunteer service, though. So that'll be for people who are, maybe they're downstairs in City Kids, or they're not going to get to experience the, uh, the, the full service today because they're loving on kids or they're teaching students or whatever it might be. So we try to, you know, to, to encourage in that time and to equip. But, you know, I think about, you know, I think about the, Think about the fact that, that God will, will use just such a little, such a little time, such a little bit to really pour in. Like this morning, I just want to share this because it was a complete God story. In that time, oftentimes what pastor will do is he'll, he'll just ask, like, hey, what's God doing in your lives? Like, what's going on? And, and people begin to share. They begin to share, like, this is what's going on. This is what's happening in me. And it was absolutely incredible. And we had a student in middle school just raise your voice and start to speak and share about what God is doing in her life. And it was incredible. Talking about, you know, I, I didn't feel like my heart was in the right place. I didn't feel like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like necessarily I was, I was right in, in how I was feeling in the situation. She was sharing about something she was going through, and it was incredible. I want you to know that, that, that God is moving in a mighty way downstairs with our students just in, in an incredible way. God is doing something big of biblical proportions through this ministry. what I was wanting to teach on there for a moment is this. It just came back to me. Okay? You got to walk with me today. You got to walk with me. But for those of us that have, and listen, maybe it's your first time here. Okay? Maybe you're watching online. I don't know exactly where you are today. But for those who have uh, taken a next step and they've decided to volunteer with City Lights. Okay? What we do every day is we set the table. Every, Every Sunday we are here. We're here early. Very early we are setting the table. And what happened that day with the disciples is, is they got, to, they got to experience the miracle. Everyone there got to participate in it, but they got to experience it. What I would challenge each and every one of us to do today is to take a next step in our faith wherever that is. We have plenty of ways to get plugged in. Plenty of ways to get plugged in. 
and I would love for each of you all to get plugged into, but you know, maybe it's Easter on the farm that's coming up in a few weeks and you just want to volunteer one time. I don't know what it is. But what happens is, and listen, you don't know this until you experience it. Anyone who volunteers here would be able to testify about this. But as you, as you draw closer, as you take next steps, you get to experience some of the things that other people just get to participate in. Nothing wrong with participating. I'm just saying it is an honor. It is uh, it's something very encouraging to be able to do that. We've got something going on back there. That's good. I'll tell you what. Here's what I wanted to do. Here's definitely what I wanted to teach on. We know, and I, and I said this earlier, that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen, He is. He's a faithful God. What I wanted to do was take you back to, uh, take you back to Exodus. I wanted to teach on the fact that, that God, and I'll set it up a little bit of context, so the children of Israel have just been brought out of bondage by Moses, right? And they're in the wilderness. They are, they are uh, they're running. They are, um, to be honest, there, there, there's so many of them. It's just a very tough situation. They don't have food. They don't have everything that they need. But God provided for them. Right, many of us know about this, but I'm going to read out of Exodus chapter 16. We'll start in verse 4. I want you to catch this because this is super important. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. So often you know, many of you would know that as, as manna. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. Now listen to this. Exodus 16, 5, the very next verse. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they will bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. Twice as much. See, God is able to not just provide, but to provide in excess. And what I wanted to tell you today, because I don't know where you are. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know if, you've, if, if you know, someone is in here with shame or with guilt, or they feel like they're lacking something. But the same God that provided for, for, for the children of Israel and Moses in the desert is the same God that provided for the, for the multitude of 15 to 20,000, the same God that fed them. And it is the same God that will provide for you today. Do you believe that today? Those that are in Christ, He is a faithful, faithful God. I just want to share this. This is sort of my, uh, my bottom line or sort of the sermon in a sentence for when I thought about this. That we can bring our lack to the one who lacks nothing. I shared this earlier, guys, but listen. We can never get caught up in the, the position where we want to fix ourselves or make a better version of ourselves, right? So we can present that to God. No, we can bring whatever we have. We can bring it to Him. We can cast our cares upon Him. And we can bring our lack to the one who lacks nothing. If you guys would, just go ahead and stand. I want to, uh, we're going to enter back into a, a time of worship, but listen, you guys have been absolute troopers today. I, yeah, I wanted, like I said, it, it's incredible when you think about the fact that literally I had a picture of the five loaves and two fish. Incredible. But, uh, guys, the, the table is set. We are moving forward. The table is set. We are moving to two services. We are moving forward. We're continuing to move forward, and God is doing something amazing.
If you hang on to anything today, know this. Know that you can bring your lack to the one who lacks nothing. Because all of us are lacking something today. All of us are. And I'm confident in the fact that I know that I can bring it to Him and He is faithful to meet me exactly where I am. If you would, let me just pray for us really quick. And we're going we're gonna to sing back through this song. And listen, wherever you are, you can come as you are. That's what the verse, that's what the, the lyrics of this song say. You can come as you are. So just pray with me. And whatever it is that, that, that God is laying on your heart, whatever it is you feel like you're lacking, whatever situation has been uh, potentially maybe something you consider a failure, you give that to Him today because He lacks nothing and He will do something with it. Father, we thank You for just a time to gather together and to, to read Your Word, to, to study. God, even in the midst of unexpected things, God, You are sure, You are sovereign. God, You knew exactly where we would be in this moment. God, I am thankful that you take what seems to be not enough. You take what seems to be broken, unfixable. God, and you do a new thing in it. And it's beautiful. God, I'm thankful we can come as we are to you. Leave behind our shame, our regret. God, maybe it's even our pride that we're laying down and we're surrendering to you. Maybe there's someone in here today that feels like, you know, I pretty much, I've got my life together. Without you, we're broken, we're hopeless. But help us to come as we are today and know that you will meet us exactly where we are. We love you and we thank you. And we enter, enter into a time of worship now. We say, just meet us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on how you can get connected to City Lights, visit us on the web at citylightsac.org forward slash next steps.